If you brought your Bibles, would you go with me, please, to the book of Hosea, chapter 6. Hosea, chapter 6, starting in verse 1. How many of you are ready for the word tonight? Amen. Amen. If you have it in your Bibles, you may, you may read along with me. Otherwise, it will be, be on the screen for you as well. Hosea, chapter 6, verses 1. Three. It says, come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up to on the third day, that we may live before him. So let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us. He will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. A simple theme for tonight, he will come. In a dry season of your life, he will come. In a blessed season of your life, he will come. Let us pray. Father God, we come before your throne of grace this evening. Thanking you for your words sharper than any two-edged sword. Tonight, we pray that you would open our ears to be able to receive your word tonight, that it would sow a seed in our hearts that would begin, that would begin to flourish. Pray that you would use me as an instrument for your honor and for your glory once again to be able to minister your word to your people, your precious flock, that we would, go, that we would leave from this place knowing that you are with us and you will, come, you will come to us in any season. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated tonight. You know, we can compare, we can compare the, life, the, li- the life of Hosea, the times of Hosea, very similar to the times that we are living in as well. Hosea lived about 800 years before the time of Jesus Christ, and he was living in a time where people were, in a very de- were, were being very demanding of what they wanted, and it seemed like the more they received, the more they wanted. Does that sound familiar for the days that we are living in right now? From what, from, from what, we, from what we know, it seems that, Whenever, whenever the generation, whenever they received more, they demanded more because they felt like it was entitled to them. And on top of that, they, their belief system, it was adopted from other nations that were, that, that were practicing very, ter- very terrible things. Baal worship being one and very other impractical ways of worship because they felt like it was easier to sustain their way of life. You know, we're living, we're, we're living in the time right now where the world feels like it has to conform to the ways of man. But we will not be a people that we will not live to please man. We are people that are living to please only but, only but one name. Who is this name? Jesus Christ. No matter what may be happening in the world around us, may God be the firm foundation that we, that we will stand on. Every nation around us could fall and they could say that God is not alive, but we will be the people that will stand in the midst of a dark generation saying God is living and not only that, but God is living in me. 
Hosea was this, type, was this type of servant that whenever he saw that there was a generation refusing to seek him, he said, come, let us return to him. So that meant at one point they were with him. They knew what communion with God was like, but they refused to seek him. Even our own country at one point would stand on the very principle of one nation under God. And though in most recent times it seemed like that principle may be shaken, but us as God's chosen people before we are citizens of the United States we are citizens in the kingdom of heaven if you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven shout amen in this place that's God's people right there you know what's interesting about every about about every other God the world has ever served their their altars aren't living anymore they aren't present our God has for, every, has for every generation has been living and active in every single time. From the, very, from, from the very beginning of time, it's something no other belief could ever understand that a God, that, that, that a God so loving would create, would create this world that we live in and everything else around us. And it was confirmed in John chapter 1 that through him being Jesus Christ, all things came into being. So before anything ever happened, he already knew that it could happen and he already knew where we would stand on it. So he knew from the very beginning that this is the time that we would be living in. Although the walls may be crashing down around us, the firm foundation of Jesus Christ is still as strong as it ever was. What can break that? Can the enemy break that? Absolutely not. Even whenever, even whenever the Lord, the Lord would allow for tribulation to come into your life to shake you, to break you a bit, you're still alive, aren't you? You're still, you're still breathing, aren't you? You're healed, aren't you? The word of God tells us in Isaiah chapter 53 that by his stripes we are healed. That was written many years before Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. So even from that time, we already knew that healing was on the way. And tonight, if you're in need of healing, let me encourage you with this. The healing is here. The healing is not in the physical place, Kingsway Church, but it's in your faith. It's in your faith. God has already promised in his word, that whatever you ask of him, he will give it to you. Let, let's go on. The, fir the first point we're going to talk about is the torn. Let me talk to the torn for just a moment. Any, has anyone ever felt torn before? You felt like you were ripped apart shred by shred. You felt like whenever one terrible thing happened, it was a domino effect of, er of every other terrible thing that could have happened. Let me tell you, let me read to you what it says there so we can be reminded it says in verse 1, for he has torn us, but he will what? Heal us. He will heal us. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a situation where he may heal you. said he will heal you. So if there's someone here suffering from depression, let me encourage you, even though you may not feel like hearing encouragement, you can be healed from that tonight. If there's sadness in your heart, you can receive that in the name of Jesus. I've heard people call on the name of another God and stay in the same state they were in. But I've seen people call on the name of Jesus and they were changed instantly. I've seen a progress happen in people's lives. You, you may look around and you can see people who were broken. They came to the altar on their knees, but they made it there. They made it there because their faith made them well. We want to be the kind of people that God will hear us, even in our brokenness. Let me encourage you with this. The book of Psalms says that he is near to the brokenhearted. 
So guess what? Even in your brokenness, God is there. Even in the lowest parts of hell, God is there. Psalm 139 says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you have known my ways. He knows everything about you, even in your moments of weakness, in your, moment, in your moments where you feel you are at your best. He knows you inside and out. So if there's an area you're weak in, it's not a surprise to God. In fact, he wants you to speak to him about it. Lord, help me in this area of my life. Lord, give me strength to be able to go past it. Broken people, God loves them. God loves them because he is able to heal them. This goes for every person throughout, the, throughout any era of time. We have been able to receive this. He's made it, he's made it available for those who would call upon his name. The word, the word reiterates the numerous times that God has never left us alone. Not even for a moment. In your weakness, in your weakness, rejoice because there's healing there. Whatever has torn you, it's not going to hold you down forever. It never rained forever, now did it? For any, there may be a storm arising over your life. You may feel like there's a storm cloud over you, but it's not going to rain forever. The sun's going to shine eventually. And, but even in, even in the storm you're in, God is presenting a challenge to you. Will you serve him anyway? Will you, still, will you be the person that's going to stand and say, Everything may be crashing down around me, but God's love has not given up on me. Everybody may be forgetting about who I am, but God has never forgotten about who I am. Everybody else has failed me, but never once has he failed me. Even when you failed yourself, he hasn't failed. Not even once. Even in, even in, a, even in the generation where people are refusing to seek him, there will, there will be people that will seek him in the midst of that. We will seek him there. We were we are seeking him now. If we felt like our hope was dead, we would not be here. It would be a waste of time to serve to serve a dead God. But I tell you what, you're here to worship God, aren't you? You're here, you're you're here to listen to the voice of God. If he's speaking, he's not dead. Even whenever, even whenever Jesus lied in the tomb for three days, whenever he rose again. It was broken. Death in itself was broken. The power of sin was broken. It is what separated you from God. It was broken so whatever was breaking, you could break. If chains were holding you back, guess what? Chains are broken in Jesus' name. We were singing it earlier, and I heard a faithful church saying, if you got chains, he's the chain breaker. There is nobody else that can hold up to that title but Jesus Christ. That he would allow for his spirit to be poured out over us. We are living in that time where we are living in the promise. Where we, even the broken can call out to God and the Holy Spirit would fill their lives. You know, the Bible, the Bible also tells us, this is what David's speaking. He said, my soul longs for you in a dry and weary land. That meant that worship comes in the driest of places. That there are some days you may not want to come to church. You may not want to open your Bible. You may, not, you may not want to pray because you feel just so broken inside. You feel torn. Remember the first part of Hosea chapter 6. Let us return to the Lord. So even in your brokenness, even, when, even whenever you get to church and you may, be in the wor- you may be in the worst kind of mood because everything's falling apart, you get there and you feel something different, don't you? You feel God's presence saying things are about to change. Something's about to shake up in your life. What I promised you, you will receive it. 
It may, be, it, may say, it, may, it may not happen in the time that you've, had, that you've asked God for, but friend, let me reassure you, it will happen. If God has said it, it will happen in your life. You will not be torn forever. You will not be broken forever. And even if for a moment you're broken, let me reiterate to you, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. I like that part right there. It says, he has wounded us, but he will bandage us. That means he knows exactly where the hurting is. If the hurting is in your heart, he'll heal your heart. The hurting is in your mind. You can't think straight. You don't have peace at night. He'll give you peace. He knows where he needs to put the bandage. It's not like a doctor's appointment where you wait there for hours and then you wait for a few more hours to get, to get, to get, to get the response. You go into the ER and you are going to find out exactly what you need. You open the word, you will see what God is saying to the need in your life. Healing can happen to you. So torn, let me encourage you, return to the Lord. He hasn't failed you. He's not a dead God. He's a living God. He's a faithful God. And it is proven time after time. The second point, let me encourage you with this, press on. Verse 3 says, so let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn. He's coming. That's good news for you. Press on. Press on to know the Lord. Press on to know more about the Lord. Press on to know what his word is saying. I've heard people say that they, that they have no idea what God is saying to them. Well, friend, if you want to know what God is saying, open his word. Because he won't contradict this. He won't break this. Whatever he said in here, it is true for you and it's true for everyone around you. You want to know, if you want to know what God is saying, seek his wisdom. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, please. Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. Right, let's start in verse 2. Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 2. It says, To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. Give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. And a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Verse 7, last time the first part. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So for the knowledge you are seeking for your life to make make those heavy decisions for your life, you do not make any decision without knowing what God has to say about the issue first. There are important decisions that will, come, that, that will come into your life. And you will learn that with each of those comes a certain type of repercussions. But whenever you go before God with those important decisions, you are receiving the counsel of the Most High in that decision. Saying, God, what do you have to say about this in my life? What are you seeking in my life? God, why is this happening in my life? You are able to ask anything, any, anything of God and he'll respond with it 
in his word. In his word, there lies the answer. If you are seeking to know more about who God is, you will seek wisdom by finding it in a, in a number of ways. Number one, through prayer. One of the, one of the first questions I'll ever, I'll ever ask anyone who's ever dealing with this particular type of situation, I said, how's your prayer life? Prayer is you communicating with God. I say this every, every, every Sunday morning to the awesome children here at Kingsway Church. What is prayer? Talking to God. Who can do that? Everyone. And that's the truth because through Jesus Christ, it is open. It is, op- it is open for us. So you want to seek God, seek him in prayer. It's of no requirement. All you need is this one thing, it's faith. faith. What pleases God? We know this, King's Church. Faith pleases God. What will move the hand of God? Faith. If you need a hand of God to move over a particular area of your life, faith will do it. Faith-filled prayers will move God's hand over your life. Then, another thing to press on. I love the fact that all of you are here on a Sunday night. You are here receiving the word. Every time you come here, you are joining with the other saints to worship the Lord and hear the word together. The word of God, the word of God tells us in the book, in the book of Acts, it's talking, about God, it's talking about God's chosen people, that they are constantly devoted to the apostles' teaching. They would join together and hear the word together. So all of you are here. You are fulfilling that. You are fulfilling that purpose. So congratulations to you because God is going, God is going to bless you for that. Nothing, nothing you ever do for God in faith is done in vain. Nothing. He will reward you. He will bless you. And you, the trial or situation you may be going through, you've been seeking an answer. Maybe it could be days, weeks, months, years. could finally happen on that one day you decide to enter into the house of prayer. That is what this place is, right? A house of prayer. Praise God for that because there are faith-filled prayers happening here at Kingsway Church. For your family, for yourself, for your household, for whatever you put your good, for whatever you put your hands to do, God will bless the work of your hand. In Jesus' name. Press on, press on towards that. Don't ever grow tired of fellowshipping with other faith, uh, with other saints. Learning, learning the word together, hearing the word together, worshiping together. This is a privilege God has set aside for us. You know, there are certain type of common graces. That are, that, are around, that are around for the world to receive. The sun and the moon, they rise and set even on the righteous and the unrighteous as well. That's a common grace for them. The air we breathe as well. Many other things we could list. But here's something that's not for everybody. And that is the divine favor of God. The divine favor that calls you out of the world. That calls you and says that whatever may be happening around them is not going to happen around you. Financial provision, it didn't look so bright three days ago, but today there's a, there's a beautiful balance in the bank now, right? And some days you're like, we have no idea how that got there, but that's the divine favor of God. And once you decide to seek him more, you will learn that the favor of God is for his chosen people. Let me encourage you with what, with what Peter said this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So this is for you. Call upon the king and receive the inheritance he has set aside for you. The ability to give you faith, the ability to receive favor, these are all gifts laid aside for you because you are his chosen. 
And once you begin to know him more, you will know that. You will understand that for yourself. Favor is not fair, is it? It's not. It's God's favor over your life. That's just not, that's not just in the, that's not in the financial aspect. That's in every aspect of your life. Some of us were, were, some of us, we were lost in the world of sin, completely confused and lost because we, we, we didn't know any better. But then finally one day, we felt, we felt, we felt confrontation between us and Jesus Christ. We heard him call our name and he said, you belong to me. You belong to me, and the enemy cannot touch the soul that I have blessed in you. Marvelous are God's work. As we know in Psalm, in Psalm 139, it says this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works, and my soul knows it very well. What does my soul know very well? That God is moving in me. God is creating something beautiful in me. The world, we may have looked like the ugliest group of people, and still today, the world may look at us and say, man, they're ugly. But no, we're beautiful because God has called us his beautiful people. You want to know that? Read his word. Read about what God says about you. Because a lot of times we can invest our personal time in what the world says about us. That we're not worth it. That, we're, that our God didn't live and die for us. He didn't raise again. He didn't do anything for us. Those are all lies that the world's trying to produce in you. And a lot of times we can invest so much time into that. And the best thing you can ever give of yourself is your time. So what are you giving your time to? We can, we, can, we can spend time focusing on what the world has to say about us, or you can spend time hearing what God has to say about you in his word. You were worth the cross. You were worth ri rising again. You were worth giving freedom for. Who cares what anybody says? If God has the final word, ain't nobody need to speak after that. Amen. Everything could look bad. The doctor says it looks bad. The bank says it looks bad. Your family says it looks bad. But God says it looks good. Amen. It does look good. Why? Because he is good. If all things are being done through him who is good, what is bad in him? Nothing. While you, while we were, while, while we were, while we were full of sin, he who became sin didn't know nothing of it. But he took it and broke the power of it so that you could be called that. Serving a good God. Our God is not, is not, is not, not the type of God where you could learn something about him and he'll change his mind later. We've ever encountered people like that before. Like they switch. They switch modes real quick and we have no idea who we're about to encounter. But God, we know that the same God we speak to on Sunday morning, the same God we'll speak to in our, in our private time Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day of the week, from the beginning of time and then on, he's the same. The, the author of the book of Hebrews says it like this in Hebrews, Hebrews 13 eight. He says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever you are seeking him for today, it will bless you for an eternity. Whatever you are seeking him for, it will bless you throughout this entire life that you have. And if anybody's going to say anything about you, let them say that you serve God. 
that you press on to know more about what he is doing in your life. Numerous times in the Bible that, the pro, that, the, that this promise that God will come to us, it's never broken once. You know how many prophecies there are in the Old Testament telling us that Jesus, uh, concerning Jesus Christ in the New Testament? Over 300 of them. Starting, starting the book of Genesis, at the fall, at the fall of man, where God, where God, where God told the serpent, the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman will come, he will crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. There, even from the beginning, he was declaring victory for his people. In every book of the Bible, if you, if you look hard enough, you will, find, you will find some revelation back to Jesus Christ. Why is this so important? Because he is the centerfold of our faith. That's why it's so important for you to press on to know more about him. Because the world will try to throw anything against you to shake up your faith. And doubt comes into the picture. But as you start to know more about God, you will find out that the, un, that the, uh, that the faithfulness of God is everlasting. Even in the book, even in the book, in the in, in the book of Psalms, in Psalms 103, says, "How far has he has he has he wiped away sin from us? As far as the east is from the west." It's a promise for you. It's a promise for us that even for our need, He will come forth. The humanity needed a savior. They needed Jesus. He will come, friend. When you're broken, he'll come. When you're torn, he'll come. When you feel like that hope isn't coming, friend, let me remind you, he's come. James chapter 4, verse 8 says this. says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Know him more. Seek him more. I'm going to end, I'm going to end with this verse, with, with, this ver with this verse right here as Brother, as, as brother Josh comes. You know, this life, this life, this life that you live, I can tell you, I can tell you day and night, he will come, he will come, but it is still a battle, isn't it? Still a battle to fight for your faith. You know, before you encounter any battle, I want to encourage you with this. Seek the Savior first. Don't enter any battle on your own, because the battle doesn't belong to you in the first place. The battle belongs to the Lord who has already given you victory. It's for you. The Bible tells us about a man named Joshua. He had just had a miraculous experience. He had just crossed over a river, literally walked right through it. Doesn't that just sound amazing? To stand before a river and it parts right in front of you so you can walk right through it. You know that that's what our God does for us. The world around you may seem flooded, but he'll make a pathway for you. The world around you may seem dry, but he's going to let a river run in the dryness. Joshua gets past the river. You can read along with me in this story. One of my favorite stories, Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, verses 13, 13 through 15. I, prom I promised you. And I'm just, I'm just a normal man. So well, whenever I, I speak of the word, this is a true promise. It says in verse 13, Joshua chapter 5. 
Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? He said, this is the man with the sword in his hand, No, rather I come indeed now as the captain of the hosts of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua had no doubt that the man that he saw with the sword drawn in his hand was Jesus Christ, the messenger of the Lord. He had come. He had come and Joshua asked him, are you for us or for, are you for our enemies? And it, it's like the Lord flipped the script and said, neither. But I stand as the captain of the army of the Lord. What's awesome about that statement is that he's standing. He doesn't surrender in battle. Whenever it came to fighting the battle against sin, he won giving you the opportunity to win. He's standing with the sword drawn in his hand. And friend, you have a sword drawn in your hand too. It's the word. It's his word that he has breathed over us. And he wasn't telling Joshua, it's not that I'm on your side or their side. I want you to be on my side. I want you to come and be on my side. So tonight God has presented a challenge before you. If you're torn, if you're broken, will you still be on my side? If the world's falling around about you, will you still stand by, by my side? Will you let me walk with you? Will you let me bless you? It may not have looked so bright three years ago, but it looks amazing right now. It may not look so bright right now. It may feel like night in the middle of a day, but the sun is about to rise, friend. The Word of God says there may be their sorrow comes in the night, but joy comes in the morning. This is for you. He has come standing in front of you, and he has said, will you stand with me? Will you stand to your feet, please? Here's, here, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, every single one of us here, we're going to fill this altar. Because here's the promise of God right here. It says, it's not that we will come to him, but he will come to us. So he has come tonight to give you what you didn't have before. He came to give you deliverance if you need it, freedom if you need it. Every, per, every, every person here, come and stand in this altar, please. Make, make, make a place for yourself. There may be battles going on in your mind that nobody else knows about. You may not even realize you're in a battle. But if there's something in your life that you need, that you, that you need to lay aside, you need to let God come into that part of your heart. There's something tearing you down, something trying to break you. Let this word, let the word touch you whenever it says that he will heal you. He will, he will bandage you. Whatever is happening in your life, Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. If you, don't, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you don't know how to pray, all you gotta do is call on the name of Jesus, friend. Just say, Jesus, I need your help. I need your help tonight. Hear my cry. Hear me as I pray.
What is prayer talking with God? Who can do that? Everyone. So everybody enter into that gift that God has given you tonight. That you're able to speak to him. He will come to you. He will give you, he will give you what you need as long as you call on him in faith. And you'll begin to realize that everything you've ever needed, he's already handed to you. Father, if there's brokenness, I declare healing, healing over, over your people tonight. If there's sadness, I declare that that void would be filled by the peace of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus, we call upon your name. For the broken, for the weary. Jesus, your word says, come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Father, you are our Sabbath tonight. You are the Sabbath that we seek, the rest that we seek for our lives. Father, fill us tonight. Come on, where's the voice of the church? There's brokenness in your life, lay it aside. There's needs you have, lay them aside. Call on Jesus tonight, friend. He's waiting for you. He wants to hear your voice, your faith-filled voice. Call upon him. He is near to us tonight. The word tells us if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. So tonight, draw near to the Savior.